Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirman Dafyomi. In this podcast, we are going to study the second and third Mishnayot of the fifth parak of Balakama. From Daf Mem Zayin Amud Aleph, we'll continue to Daf Mem Chet Amud Bet. Uh, if you're following with the source sheets, there are two source sheets, as you can see, linked on this podcast. Uh, because uh, in the live version, this uh, shiur is divided into two shiurim, and it'll be a relatively long podcast. Hakadar, a potter, sheikhnis kaderotav lechatsar balhabayit shalobershut. So he put his pots in somebody else's backyard without permission. Veshavra behemtosha balhabayit. Then the owner's ox or animal broke the pots. Patur, the owner's patur. And if the animal got hurt on the pots, then balak derot chayav, the potter is liable for the damages to the animal. On the other hand, if he put them in with permission, then the owner of the courtyard is liable for the damages to the pots, and we would perhaps posit that uh, in the inverse, if the animals get hurt on the pots, that the potter is not liable. Now, we'll see that. Now we have a parallel case. If somebody put his fruit in somebody's backyard without permission, and the owner of the house uh, ate the fruit, patur, he's exempt. No problem. We will see what that means, but for right now we will assume that the animal got hurt tripping on the fruit or stumbling over it, not that he ingested it. Flip it again. If the uh, fruit fellow had the permission to put it back there, is liable for his animal eating the stuff. Now, this is Mishnah Gimel. If a person puts his ox in in somebody else's backyard, and now, and the owner's ox gored this trespasser's ox, or the owner's dog bit him. Patur, the owner's patur. But if the trespassing ox attacked the owner's ox, then Chayab is liable. Now, let's say that this trespassing ox fell into the cistern of the owner and fouled the waters. Chayav, then the owner of the ox is liable. Let's say that the owner's family members were inside, or he himself was inside the cistern, and the animal fell on him and killed him. The owner has to pick over. We'll deal uh, later on with how this shore could be a shore muad, the, the reliability for kofer. And on the other hand, if he had permission to put him there, then the balachatzer is liable for whatever damages the, uh, the ox does. Now, Rebbe Omer, and the reason that Mishnah Bet and Gimel were put together is because Rebbe's descent is on both Bet and Gimel. The Balachatzer, the owner of the house, is not liable for damages just because he gave permission for the owner of the ox or the owner of the fruit to put stuff in there. He's only liable if he explicitly accepts liability for any damages that may take place. Okay, now the Gemara. Tama de Shalobershut. Let's start with this. The opening line in every one of the cases of the Mishnah, the um, uh, the um, um, trespasser is liable because he came in without permission. What's the implication? So that means that if the potter had permission to put his pots in the yard, let's say in the first case, and then the animal gets hurt, the animal of the house owner gets hurt on those pots, that the potter is not liable. 
And we do not maintain that the minute that the uh, that the um, that the potter um, uh, had permission to come in, uh, we don't say that the potter accepted upon himself liability for watching that the animal shouldn't get hurt on his pots. Now, Mani, who is the author of that position? Rebbe, that's Rebbe, who we just heard his descent at the end of any unexplicit case where we don't have a clear acceptance of liability, there is no liability when you bring your stuff into my backyard that I'm liable for what it does. Now, Ema Seifa, look at the second half of the case. If he put the pots in their bershut, then the owner of the house is liable. Um, if the animal gets hurt there, ata on the rabbanan sounds like rabbanan. The amri b'stam and ami kabuli kabil aleda tiruta. Even in an unexplicit case, the owner of the property accepts liability for anything brought in there with permission. The two, besides that, Rebbe Omer b'chulad enochayv atchkevalav bal habayit lishmor, and then at the end of the Mishnah we have Rebbe's explicit statement, which means reish of a sefer Rebbe. The opening part of the Mishnah follows Rebbe. The end of the Mishnayot follow Rebbe. Hometziat rabbanan the middle case. So we have uh, two approaches to this. Rav Zera says, yeah, our Mishnah is fragmented. And essentially the first part of the Mishnah of each one of the cases and the end is all Rebbe, and the second part is all Rabbanan, which of course is very difficult. Rav Amar Kula Rabbanan, he, Rav disagrees, says the entire Mishnah is Rabbanan until the end, of course. Uvirshut, when, when the owner allows the fellow to come into his backyard, the owner of the house accepts liability for anything that might happen to the pots that he gave permission to the potter to put in there, even if they got broken just by the wind, any sort of nezek that happened. And therefore, if his own animal damages them, he is liable. Okay. Okay. The uh, the second case in the Mishnah was if the fruit fellow put his stuff in the in the guy's yard. We said that if the animal gets hurt on the um, on the fruit, the fruit fellow because he put it in with the chilobeshut, he's liable. Rav says that's only if he got hurt by slipping on the fruit. But let's say he ate the food and the food was bad for him, or he ate too much, got sick, patur. The fruit fellow is patur. My tama, why? Who told the animal to eat? Now, I'm Rav Sheshit. Amina, Rav Sheshit's made this comment about Rav's observation. Amina, I think, Rav, Rav must have been asleep. Amr al-Hashmata, when he said this, he must have been drowsy and not thinking. Why? And those Rav Sheshit said Rav is wrong. If you put poison in front of another animal, patur adam you can't, it's not actionable in court, but there is a chiyuv klape shamayim. Now, sam why did the Brita pick poison? Because poison is something an animal wouldn't normally eat. So if the animal went out of its way and ate it, you're not chay bedine yadam. But regular fruit that an animal would eat, bedine yadam nami michayv, he should be chayv even in a court. Ve'amai, and according to Rav, why should he be? Havi la shalotochal, he shouldn't have eaten them. 
So the answer, so uh, one answer we could give for Rav is Amri, this is what they said, the Beit Midrash, The truth is that the case in the Brita extends even to fruit, not just to poison. You're still not liable because the animal shouldn't have eaten it. Why did they pick poison? Even poison, which is something the animal normally would not eat. You still have a chiyuv klape shamayim. That's one answer. So one answer to this problem, to defend Rav, is that the Brita that picks poison is going to the other extreme of saying, not only food, but even poison that an animal normally shouldn't eat, you still have a liability, a moral culpability, The other way to read it is that the Samhamavet, the poison that we're talking about, is some poisonous grass, like a form of an iris or something, that looks good but is poisonous, to Hainupere. So in other words, it doesn't really matter if the animal eats a poisonous weed that you put or just overeats in such a way that gets it sick. And either way, um, you are liable klape shamaim, but not klape adam. Why? Because who told the animal to eat? Now, meitive, we have a challenge to that. A woman goes into somebody else's backyard. This other fellow has a mill. So the woman sneaks in to mill her, her uh, wheat there. And the fellow who lives there ate up the wheat while she was preparing. Patur. She has no claim, obviously. She had no right to be there about her wheat. And if the animal got hurt on her wheat, then she's liable for that damage. Now, Amai, why is she liable? After all, who told the animal to eat? So Amri, why is that any different than our Mishnah? In our Mishnah, we claim that the animal got hurt not by eating it, but by slipping on it. Let's say, say the same thing here. So that's the answer. But parenthetically, why did they bring it up in the first place? Who, what were they thinking that they brought this up in the first place? So Our Mishnah uses the word which seems to say means he slipped on them. It just said leaves out the word and I would think that that means that it's talking about eating and therefore uh, in that case uh, it's even a stronger statement of saying, why is she liable? And the answer is, and the answer that Rav would give is, no, that's no different. And uh, not either way, it means that the animal got hurt by slipping on the fruit, but not by eating it, because if the animal overeats, even if I had no right to be in the backyard and I put out food that was either poisonous or too plentiful, and the animal ate and got sick or died, I'm not liable, because who told the animal to eat? Rav's position. Toshma. If you bring your shor in, and the animal ate a bunch of wheat and then got all sick and had diarrhea and then ended up dying, patur, you're not li- you're um, you are he's not li- he's not liable. If you had li- you have the rights to come in, chayav. Now why is balachatzer chayav? Why don't we save amai havile shelo yochal? Who told the animal to eat? Why am I liable? I gave you permission to come into my backyard with your animal. Your animal ate up my stuff and got sick and died. Why am I liable? So I'm a Rav Bershut, Bershut Karamit. You're challenging a case of coming in Bershut against Shalom Bershut. Well, here we go. Bershut, when I allow you in, Shmirat Shomok Shorokibalav. I have accepted full liability for your ox. 
Afilu chanak natsua, even if he, ch- he choked himself. So if you, I say to you, you can come into my backyard with your ox, and I see your ox starts to eat food, whether it's mine or your food, doesn't matter. And he's starting to overeat and get sick, it's my job to warn you or stop him or in some way or the other. Okay. So now, Ibayalu, the question was, he was asked, in such a case where the owner accepts shmirah, the owner of the backyard accepts shmirah, um, mahu. What's the deal? The nafshi meaning, did he only accept liability for his own self and his own property? In other words, if I invite you to bring your animals into my backyard, am I only liable that I and my property won't hurt your animals? Have I accepted total protection of your animals, even from an outside force? Let's see. Toshman, Tani Rabbi Yehuda bar Simon bin Nezakin de Karna. Karna was a famous Dayan in, uh, in Bavel, and in his Beit Midrash, when studying Masachat Nezikin, Rabbi Yehuda bar Simon said the following, If you put your fruit in somebody else's backyard without permission, and some ox came from the another place. So there's now three players here. There's the owner of um, of the fruit. There's the guy whose yard it is, and there's a third guy who owns an ox that comes in. Patur. Then he is patur for eating my fruit that I put there. But if I put it there properly, I have permission. Then he's liable for eating it. Now, man patur man chayav. Who is it who's liable here? Don't we mean that the owner of the house is exempt? If you didn't have permission to come into my backyard and you put food and some other animal came and ate it, then I'm off the hook. But if I did give you permission, I'm responsible, which means I'm responsible even for outside damages to your animal. Amri lo, patur balashor, chayab balashor. It's very simple. If you put your fruit in my backyard and some other animal came and ate it, if you didn't have permission to be there, then... The owner of the ox, the the third fellow, is not liable. But if you did have permission, then then he is liable. In any case, I'm not liable. Now, here's the question. Question is, if we're talking about me as the owner of the backyard, I understand Bershut and Shiloh Bershut makes a difference. I invite you in or I don't know about it, and you came in without permission. But the outside guy, why does it make a difference whether you were there with my permission as far as his liability for his ox eating the fruit? So the answer is very clever. Amri, Bershut, Havilashain, Bershutanizak. If I permit you in, then that means you're like a member of my household. That means that when you put your fruit back there, it's now in the Bershut of the Nizak. When the other animal comes and eats, it's regular Shain, Bershutanizak. Shain, Bershutanizak, Chayevet. Shalom, Bershut, but if I don't allow you in, then Havilashain, Bershutarabim. Essentially, when you put your fruit in my backyard without permission, it's like putting it in Bershutarabim. And what's Shain, Bershutarabim? Ptura, very good. Now, Toshma, so we still have not solved the problem about whether I, as the owner of the backyard, or of the house, can accept liability for damage that happens to you from an outsider. Toshma, if I brought my ox in there without permission of and another ox, here we got again three owners, but now the other ox came and I didn't have food he ate, I had an ox that he gored. Patur, but if I was allowed to bring my ox in, then he's liable. Now, man patur man chayav, again, the same question. Aren't we talking about the, the house owner, which proves to you that he has accepted liability for, 
for um, for outside attacks. Lo, patur bal hashor bal hashor. Same thing. It's the other guy, the one who owns the ox. He's liable if I was there with permission. He's not liable if I was not there with permission. And again, the question: From the perspective of the third guy, what kind of permission? Why does that make a difference? After all, my being there is between the owner of the fir- of the damaged ox and the house owner. The attacking ox isn't a player here in the issue of permission. So Amri, they say as follows. Um, <clears throat> the answer is this is a This is one answer. Um, that Remember Rabbi Tarfon's position in the second parak that Karen Hanizak is Nezak Shalim Mishalim. So here we go. Birshut, when I allowed you to bring your ox in, So now we're going to clarify something. The meaning in the Brita is not that if you're there, Shalom Birshut, you're totally exempt, and Birshut, you're totally liable, but rather, if you're there, Birshut, and the other ox scores, you have to pay Nezek Shalom. But if you're there, Shalom Birshut, then he has to pay Chatzin Nezek. Alright, so we have to read it that way. So now, if I gave you permission to come in, then you are now Bechatzar Hanizak, and the other animal that comes and attacks you is Bechatzar Hanizak, and a corner of Edutar, Rabbi Tarfon, has to pay Nezak Shalim. But if I didn't invite you in, then have like Karen Bishut Arbim. It's like Karen Bishut Arbim. You have to pay half. Okay. Now, here's a story. There was a woman. She went into a house, and we'll find out she had permission, to go into a house to bake which means she took some dough and she was going to go knead it and braid it and do whatever she wanted to do and bake it. There was some oven there that people used. Ata barcha demare debeta. So an, a goat owned by the house owner came up. Achla lalisha. It ate her food. Chavil umit. It got sick and it died. Chiva rava barcha. Rava obligated her to pay for the goat. Now, lema pligadurav. This sounds like it goes against Rav's position. Damarav havilasha lotochal. Who said the goat had to eat? In other words, whenever an animal eats food, even if the food didn't have a right to be there, the owner of the food is not liable for the death of the animal because who told the animal to eat that? Now, this sounds like the Rava's psak about against this lady goes against Rav. The answer is no. Amri hachi hashta. Let's think about it. Hatam shalobershut. In the case where somebody just brings their food into the backyard, lokabela nituruta. The owner, the the uh, the person, did not accept any shmirah over um, over what their food's going to affect. So the other the other owner of the house has his animals. He's got to watch out that his animals don't eat this food. shoot, but in this case, the woman had the rights to be there. One of the things that comes along with being invited into a house is you also accept liability that the stuff you bring in doesn't cause damage. Now, question is, The case that we just saw in the previous Amud, which is that if a woman comes in to grind, um, to, uh, to mill wheat uh, in somebody's backyard, in somebody's house, and the animal of the house owner eats up her wheat, the, the owner is potter, and if the animal gets hurt, then he's high. Why don't we say... Um, and, but we said that Thomas Shalobershut, that's only because she came in without permission. Habershut Patur. But if she came in with permission, then the animal got hurt on her food. She's not liable. How come we don't say that she's, she has to keep an eye on what her fr- food does? 
The answer is as follows. When she comes into mill, it's a very interesting piece. When you mill, you got your garments on, and the kind of garments they wore, which was sort of kind of a single tunic, the kind of garments they're on, when you mill, you put your, your feet generally around the mill, and mill, there's no part of your body which is exposed, which means the men who are living there don't have to move out of the way to let this woman mill. And since that's the case... Uh, they don't have to move out of the way. Therefore, it's their responsibility to watch their own animals. Uh, you own a backyard. A woman comes into mill. You don't have to move anywhere. So therefore, you're liable for your own animals. If your own animals go over and start eating her food and get sick, then you should have watched them. However, when you're coming in to bake... She needs sniut. Why does she need sniut? Because when you're baking, you're lifting your arms up to knead, and the woman's arms are exposed, and therefore the men have to get out of the way and let her be alone, which means they can no longer have responsibility for their own animals because they got to get out of the way. They leave. Therefore, she has the responsibility for watching what happens to the animals as a result of interacting with their food. And therefore, Rava's position that this woman who came in to bake and the uh, goat ate up her food and got sick and died, she was responsible to keep an eye on the goat to make sure that wouldn't happen because since she was coming in to bake, the men left the area to give her, uh, to give her some privacy. Okay, now this next piece, which belongs to the next page, which is page 45 of the, of the handouts, uh, or 46, I believe it is. Um, it really goes to Mishnah Gimel, which we already read. If you brought your shore into the Chatzar Balabait, and it got gored. So I'm a rabbi. We have several rulings of rabbi. If you brought your animal into, um, into the, somebody else's area, Shalom Bershut. Here's the case. You bring your ox into somebody else's backyard and your ox digs up some holes. So the animal is liable for whatever damage it did to the chatzer. But the house owner is liable for damages that happen in the pit. Even though the Pasuk says And what's the drasha? Hacha velo shorbor. It's ishbor velo shorbor, meaning only if a man digs a pit are you liable. But if an ox digs a pit, if an animal digs a pit, you're not liable. But in this case, since the house owner should have filled in the pit, velo kamalyan didn't do so, it's as if he dug it himself. Now clearly we'd have to say, but it's a case where the animal didn't come in the middle of the night and five minutes after it dug a pit, something got, something got hurt in there. And uh, it has to be where the owner really had a chance to know about it and to fill it in and didn't do so. So his negligence costs him. Viyama Rava, case number two of Rava, or ruling number two. Again, you bring your oxen without reshut. And either it attacks the owner or the owner trips over it, gets hurt in some way. Chayav. The own, the, uh, shore owner obviously is liable. Ravats paturna. Ravats normally means if it lay down. It's, it's exempt. Mishum ravats paturna. Just because it lay down, it's exempt? That's silly. So, our papa, what is my ravats? What does ravats mean? Sheher beats glalim. Venitanfu kelav shabalabayit. That it, uh, defecated and the owner's garments got soiled as a result. Why? Why is he liable? Is he exempt? Dahavya glalim bore. Because after all, the glalim are considered a boar. Once the animal defecates, it's like a boar. And every case with boar, 
Kalim, which includes clothing, is uh, exempt. Nizke Kalim Babor. Okay, now, parenthetically, Hanechel Shmuel, that only works according to Shmuel, Damar Kol Takala Borhu. Every Takala, remember, we've seen this since the first parak. Shmuel says, we saw a big gadol in the second and third parak. Every time that there's some damage that somebody leaves out, it's automatically a subset of Bor and follows all of the parameters of Bor. But Elul Rav, Rav disagreed, Damar Adamafkirle, Rav says it's something like Aish or something else, or, or, or Mamon, until you're Mafkir. If you're Mafkir, then it's Bor. So what are you going to do here? Michael and Mar? The answer is Amistam Glali, Mafkir Mafkir Lahu. Normally when an animal defecates, the owner is Mafkir immediately, which means that even Rav will agree that it's a bore, and therefore there's no Nizke Kaleim. Now, Vyamarava, next case, we're going to come back to that idea and have to deal with it differently next. Vyamarava, Nichas the Chatzabalabait Shalobershut. Again, a person now, not an ox, goes into somebody else's area Shalobershut. Vizikabalabait or Balabait Uzakbo. And he hurts the owner, maybe inadvertently, or the owner trips over him. Chayav. If the house owner hurts him, he's, he's not liable. Papa says that's only true if the house owner didn't know the guy was there. But if the house owner knew the guy was there and deliberately came over and hurt him, then he's liable. Why? Because the, the hurt fellow, who's the trespasser, could say, yeah, you got permission to throw me out of your house. You don't have permission to hurt me, and if you have to pay. And both Rav and Rav Papa, his student, um, are being consistent. Either Rav or Rav Papa said this. If you have two people who are both operating in a permissible setting, which means they're both walking, let's say, in Rashut Rabim, or they're both invited into somebody else's yard, and they crash and, and are and are mazik each other. Let's say they're both illegally there. For instance, they're both running in Rashut Rabim. They're both liable. As long as they have the both same have, have the same standard of permission. But that's only because they have the same standard. But if one of them, let's say, is walking and the other is running, or one of them is allowed to be there and the other is not, the one who has no right to be there is um is uh the one who has no who has the rights to be there is exempt for the damages he causes to the one who has no right to be there, and vice versa, he is, inverse, in, and conversely, the one who has no rights to be there is liable for the damage that he does to the other fellow. <clears throat> or to the other fellow's, uh, property. Okay. Now, now follow Back in the Mishnah, we mentioned that if the animal falls into the cistern and fouls the water, he's chayav. Amarava, we have two takes on this. That's only if he fouled it when he fell in. But if he fell in, and then afterwards he was down there, and then came in contact with the water and fouled it, a foul in here may be urinating. So Rava may be saying, if he urinated on the way down, fine. But if he urinated once he was down there, then patur. Then he's exempt. Why? My taima. Have a shore bore. Because the shore, once it fell, now is a dean of bore. It's lying there. Vamayim and the Mayim, of course, are Kalim. And Vamatsinu Bor Shachir Bota Kalim. Whenever find that you find that you're for Nizke Bor against Kalim. I mentioned earlier that we're going to come back to this, but here we have a different problem. Earlier we were talking about in the context of feces, which of course you're going to be Mafkir. Here we're talking about the shore being the boar. So Hanechal Shmuel da Amar Kolta Kala Bor, who that works for Shmuel who says every kind of 
uh, impediment that you leave out there is a bore. But Rav says it's not bore until you mafker it, and therefore the parameters and exemptions of bore will not apply here because nobody's mafker their shore just because it fell into a pit. So here's how we have to read Rav. Rava. In other words, it's only if it's his actual body that fouled the water or it's his urine. But let's say the animal just smelled bad and fell in and the smell made the water bad. He's exempt. My time, a whole different reason. Because the damage to the water is grum. It's indirect. Grum in generally, you're not liable for grum. Grum of a putter. Okay, then the Mishnah, the next thing, talked about the animal falling in. We said that If there was a person in the pit when the animal fell in, or in the cistern, and the person got killed, then the owner of the animal has to pay kofer. V'yamai hatamhu. After all, we assume that it's a short time that fell into a pit. So a short time never pays kofer. We're talking about a very strange case where an animal is muad. He's always falling into pits on people. If that's the case, he should be dead. He should have been dead already. So Here's what happens. Remember we saw in the last parak, if you are not intending to hurt somebody, if the shore is not intending to hurt somebody, but they kill somebody, they're not liable for death. There may be kofar, but they're not liable for death. Kofar was a machloket. Uh, Rabin Shmuel. So Rav Yosef says, why, why is this animal keep falling in pits and falling on people? Because he sees vegetables or food at the bottom. He jumps after that. Doesn't really, it's not that he's aiming for the people at all. So if there's no reason to kill him, but once it's happened a few times, there is a, a liability for kofar. Now Shmuel, Ammar, Shmuel has a different take. He says, Hamani, Rav Yosef Glili, who we really haven't seen much since the first parak, this particular statement. If you recall, is of the opinion that if a Tom kills... He's not off the hook he, for kofer. You have to pay half kofer, just like a muad mishalim, all kofer. So therefore, he means that this shore, the first time it ever happened, it fell on somebody in the pit, it killed them, so you have to pay half kofer. That's what it means. Ula mar, Ula adds something to this. He says, Rabbi Yosef Lili, I accept that. To Amar Rabbi Tarfon, but he's also picking on Rabbi Tarfon. He's invoking Rabbi Tarfon. To Amar Karen, Bechatzar Nizak Nezak Shalom Mishalim. What's Rabbi Tarfon's position, which is at the end of the second parak? He says that any time that you have Karen in Chatzar Nizak, you pay full Nezak. So then what does Rabbi Yosei Aglili and Rabbi Tarfon mixed together end up with? Hachinami Kofar Shalom Mishalim. Therefore, we would say that if a short Tom kills in Chatzar Nizak, it's Rabbi Yosei Aglili who says there's some Kofar, and out of Rabbi Tarfon, that any time it happens Chatzar Nizak, it's Shalim, therefore it's Kofar Shalim. Now, you, a retarfon alone wouldn't give you this, because even a retarfon who says a short time pays full nezik and chatzar nizak would not say kofar, because kofar is really because you had a responsibility to watch this animal. It's a short time. But once you start with the real seglili and then a retarfon, then you end up with net kofar shalem when it kills b'chatzar nizak, even as a tam. All right. Now, I understand Ula's position, who said that it's Rabbi Yosek Lili plus Rabbi Tarfon. Now I understand why it mentioned the fellow's father or son were in there, because it's Chatzar Nizak. According to Shmuel, why do you have to pick Avivo Beno? It could be anybody, because after all, it doesn't have to be in Chatzar Nizak. Rabbi Yosek Lili would say, even if a Tom killed in Rishit Rabim, you would pay half kofar. They just picked an example which is more likely that a member of the family is going to be in the cistern. Alright, the end of the Mishnah had uh, the Machloket, Rebbe's opinion mentioned. I wrote this up on the earlier part of the page. 
The Rav says the halacha follows Tanakama, which is that in a normal case, the house owner accepts liability for anybody who's in there with permission and all of his property. Shmuel says, no, the halacha is like Rebbe, which is that you have, don't have liability until you explicitly state so. Now, let's test it. If a fellow says, bring your shore in and watch him, you watch him. If your ox damages, you're liable. And if your ox is hurt, we're not liable. If, on the other hand, you say, bring him in and I'll watch him, the inverse. Now, the problem here is the excluded middle again. So the opening part of the right is said that when you say, bring him in and you watch him, you're liable. Obviously, that's because you said you watch him. But if I don't say anything, I would think that I, the landowner, the house owner, am Chayev. It's only because I told you, you watch him, that you're Chayev. That means that in a normal case, the default is that the land, the house owner accepts responsibility, which is like Rabbanan. Look at the second half of the Brite. Bring your ox in and I'll watch him. Then, um, I'm liable for everything. And the only reason is because I said I'll watch him. What's the stam? If I don't say anything, then you are still liable. And I'm off the hook, meaning that without explicitly saying so, I'm not liable, which is like Rebbe. Okay, so, what we have is the opening line that says, bring him in and you watch him, in that case you're liable. The, imp- implying that in a default case I'm liable, which means the default is that I accept responsibility. The second part says, bring him in and I'll watch him, I'm liable, implying that the default is that you're liable and I don't accept responsibility, like Rebbe. So which is it? Raise your a safe for Rebbe? So we have three answers. What are the three possible answers here? Always. Either, yes, it's a split. No, it's all Rebbe. No, it's all Rabbanon. And then we have, in either case, of either it's all Rebbe or all Rabbanon, we have to explain the odd one. I'm Tavra. So Rabbi Lazar gives the first answer. Break it up. What we have is, the, the Breit is really two fragments from two different schools that got put together. That, of course, is difficult, because why would anybody put that Breit together if it contradicts itself? Rava Mar Kula Rabbanan He. Rava says no, the entire thing is Rabbanan. I need a Nasiv Reisha Shimro Tanasefavaniashmarenu. Since the Reisha said Shimro, meaning the default is that I, I as the landowner am responsible. If I tell you, you gotta watch me responsible. And if I didn't, but, and, um, and if I, and when I, and the Seifa, if I say, I'll watch if I'm responsible, but even if I didn't say anything, I'm responsible, and it's only for parallel construction, have the same word in the Seifa. That's Rava's position. Rav Papa, Rava's Talmi, disagrees. says, Kula Rebbe, the entire thing is Rebbe. And Rebbe, of course, the second half works out for him. The first half doesn't work out. Because in the first half, I said, you watch him, you're liable, implying that if I don't say you watch him, I'm liable, even though I didn't say I'll accept responsibility. The answer is Savar la Korbi Tarfon. And this Breita is also using Korbi Tarfon, who we just saw. You pay full Nezek. Hilka Hamar le Shmaro. Therefore, if you say Shimro, you watch him. Therefore, and this is elegant. Lo Makni le Makam 
And that means if I say, you watch him, I haven't given you any space in the chatzah, which means now, therefore, you're, the damage that you do is which is in my property. Therefore, you have to pay Nezak Shalim. Right? However, if I don't say to you, Shimro, then I have let you have some place in the chatzah because I didn't say you watch him. In other words, according to Rebbe, we're now having like three levels. One level is when I say, I'll watch him. The second level is when I say, you watch him. The third level is when I say nothing. When I say nothing, we thought that according to Rebbe, it's the same thing as saying, you watch him. Because the default is, I'm not responsible. It's not the case. According to this, or Papa, there's three different uh, positions in Rebbe. If I say, you watch him, then clearly you're liable. I haven't given you any space here. Any attack that you do is going to be Huchatzor Nizak, and according to Tarfin, you're paying Ezek Shalim. If I say, I'll watch him, then we're all on board, that now I'm liable to take care of you, and if you do damage, I'm your partner. If, on the other hand, I say nothing, then we basically say, I have not, um, I have given you space to operate here. And having given you space to operate, and therefore it's havli chatzar shutfin. Then it says if we're partners, and what's the din? You only pay half nezik, even according to retire phone. So therefore, the way Rav Papa is going to read it, and it truly is elegant, the way Rav Papa is going to read it is that when it says chayav, it means nezik shalim. When it says patur, it means patur means nezik shalim. But of course, chayav bechatzi nezik. Okay, we'll stop at this point and pick it up in Mishnah Dalid on Daf Memchet Amud Bet the next time that we podcast. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.